Hello, and welcome to the Table and Well podcast. I'm Tennyson. And I'm Janelle. Thank you for joining us as we discuss topics and give practical tools that help you live, grow, and be in healthy, joy-filled relationships with God, yourself, and others. For more information and resources, or if you're looking for coaching, connection, and community, please visit tableandwellco.com. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome, and thank you for joining us today for episode 12 of the Table and Well podcast. Um, Like always, please uh, subscribe to our podcast on your preferred listening platform. So the next three episodes are going to be on the adult stage of maturity. And before we do that, I just want to do a quick review of maturity itself and the other two stages that come before that, because as we have said before, every stage of maturity builds on the previous one. So if you remember, our definition of maturity is reaching my God-given potential in every age and stage of life. Um, Maturity does not make you more valuable as a person because God created you and you are valuable just the way you are. However, being fully mature in each level is a huge benefit to your community. So the infant stage of maturity is ages zero to three. And the primary goal of that stage is to learn how to receive and to learn how to live in joy. So mature infants are able to know how to receive. They can quiet and rest. They can regulate their emotions. They can self-calm. They can start to return to joy from every negative emotion. And they can synchronize or they can attune to others. So the child stage of maturity is ages four to twelve. And the primary goal for that stage is they're able to take care of themselves and they know what satisfies them and what brings them joy. Um, so mature children are able to take care of themselves. They can say what they think and feel and appropriately ask for what they need. They can do hard things and they can take responsibility for their choices. So that gets us caught up to where we are today, which is the adult stage of maturity. And like I said earlier, The next three episodes are all about this stage. So let's take a quick look at this stage. So one, the adult stage is from ages 13 until the birth of your first child. The primary goal of this stage is to be able to take care of yourself and one other person. And then it's also to begin to develop your group identity. So our conversation today is going to focus on the young adult stage within the adult stage of maturity, which is more commonly known as the teenage years. So let's listen in as we discuss the three most important things to young adults in this stage, relationships, power, and truth. So let's talk about relationships. So what does that look like? So as children, um, the primary relationship is with their parents. So as, as kids go from zero to 12, the relationship, the primary um, life giving relationship comes from their parents. Again, at 13 or 12 years old, the brain changes and it goes from, um, me to we to who am I? Um, who's my peer group? Who's who are my who do I identify with? Who are, who do I belong to? Yeah, they're really really looking for belonging outside of the family yeah. at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it it can be um, depressing sometimes for parents, especially if you've like your whole life is around your kids, yeah. which isn't a bad thing, but. Well, that's why this is important to even know that the goal really by the time that they're 13 is to be able to release 
um, and not hold on. It's the weaning process. It is. Yeah. Even for us, right guys, like there's a weaning process that happens for parents as well and should be happening to where by the time that they're 13, a parent should feel comfortable to release their child, to find their belonging in a peer group. It's so important for them to be able to do that, to begin to build their identity. Um, and our desire as every parent is that they would find a healthy peer group. I, I don't know about you, but I can picture all kinds of different teens that we've worked with or been around or even in my own junior high and high school years <laughs> that you, it, this is so true. You can see it in patterns everywhere. You know, there's like high school for us was broken up into all these little groups oh, yeah, of you, people absolutely. that, you know, they, they're all so unique, but then they all end up looking like each other at the end of the day, you know, like you have well, all the jocks and you have all the nerds and you have all the goth or whatever the wording yeah. was back in the day. Um, and it's so funny because they, they consider themselves so unique, but then they begin to look like each other and act like each other and act like each mm-hmm. other. But that's because developmentally mm-hmm. they're really, really needing that. Yeah. That, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you can even look at it. If you go into an elementary school lunchroom, when school comes back, um, you can see that kids are just, it doesn't matter who they are, what they look like. They're all mixed up mixed together, together mm-hmm. in this, this cluster of kids in the lunchroom. And then as you get into junior high, you still have that a little bit and there's a little bit of separation. You get into high school and it's like, like, yep. you know, said it's, yeah, you have your lunch you, table and yeah. it is your people. And you don't come to this table unless you're part of this group. So, mm-hmm. um, and so it's important to give them space yeah. um, and a space to, and to bond to their peer group. Right. That is the beginning of the letting go. Yeah. And I think as parents, um, our primary job in, in preparing for that stage is to set them up for success in where they're going to find their peer groups. Yeah. So if you're leaving it to the high school lottery of, um, (laughs) who they're going to find there and, and all of that, uh, and especially too, if they haven't met some of their, their infant and child needs, uh, you may be sorely disappointed finding them great peer groups, whether that's a great youth group Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't happen by happenstance, but even that you're prayerfully considering as you're building toward that age. um, It's not wrong to, to look for that because it is such a monumental thing in their kids' lives. I know it was for ours and we didn't do that with intention. Well, we, well, well, we we did. We We actually did. One of the, when we moved, from Michigan to Greenville, that was one of the things that we knew that mm-hmm. we, we, one of the four things we needed, and one was a good church that we grow, that we could all grow in together. As a family. As a family. But I don't think we were thinking about it from like, well, our kids need a, a peer group to identify that's, with per that, se. That's true. It, it just was amazing. Yeah, it they were. being fantastic. Yeah, they were given such a gift, both in their youth pastors and in the kids that they, that became their identity yeah, group. That they still um, semi hang out with today. Mm-hmm, I mean, yeah. it's been. It's I'm, been in, I'm eternally grateful for I that. Too, so. Because Honestly, too, at this stage, um, your kid is going to receive from you less and be less, a lot less interested in receiving from you. And Very so true. the community has, plays such a key role at this stage because remember, they're looking for relationship and they're looking for relationship outside of the family. Yeah. Um, and so and they're beginning that release from you. And we've talked about this on other videos before, but about making sure that your kids also have some great moms and dads around mm-hmm. maybe of their friends that they'll receive from as well. And, and anybody who's parented teenagers knows that you could say one thing like 22 times and then, and then suddenly Johnny comes home from his friends and he's like, yeah, Johnny's mom told me this. And you're like, I mean, dude, I've been saying that I for think two I've years, that about 300 times. And they're like, Oh yeah, well, well you know, you like just, I just heard it for the first time when right. Johnny's mom said it. Right. So, uh, there's a real you thing. Planet seeds. 
Yeah, you blame the teacher. You blame the teacher. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a real thing. So be Johnny's mom for someone else, yeah, knowing that absolutely. your friends, your kids' friends, um, are going to probably listen to you before they're going to listen to their parents and yeah. take that as an honor and as a responsibility even. Absolutely. Um, so let's see. So the survival of the group becomes more important to your brain than your own personal survival. Yeah. So there's actually a shift in your brain Yeah. that you're willing to lay your life down for a group yeah. of people. It's that I have, like, what are they doing? Like I have to go to the dance or mm -hmm. I have to hang out with, because it's my group. I have to be there. It's like life or death. I, it's this thing of what are we doing together? And I want to be a part of it. I can't miss out. Mm -hmm. I have to be a part of it. I just thought about like, uh, a lot of parents I know I have, you know, it's like, if, if so-and-so jumped off the bridge, would you jump off the yeah. bridge too? And your kid's face and response is like, maybe I, I actually I think, think I, I might. would I'd follow. Yeah. Like if it was three of my friends, I might. And you're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, why aren't you thinking about yourself? Why aren't you protecting yourself? This is why. Um, the brain is not, is not functioning in the way that it, that it used to. And yeah. those, especially in those formative child years where everything was about me and my survival. Now, now being a part of something bigger actually really matters more yeah. than just my survival That's good. and meeting my own needs. Yep. So you're looking for belonging and identity. That's a part mm -hmm. relationship. And so what we keep alluding to is so like your brain's ability to quiet and rest um, and fully regulate and control your impulses diminishes. It actually does. Yeah. At 13, 12, 13. And then you add estrogen and testosterone into the system yeah, and hormones. all craziness happens. It, it does. Yeah. You know, you, you know, mm -hmm. parents, you've seen your teenagers, if you have teenagers or if you have, if you were a teenager, yeah. you look back on it and you're like, what was I thinking? Uh-huh. What, what, yeah. what was I, what? <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because, um, I'm a, I'm a human. This is a little tangent, but it's Go interesting. It. So I'm a humans of New York follower and they're doing a lot of quarantine stories. And if you don't know what humans of New York is, it's a guy who began documenting people just in photographs and asking their stories. And, um, there's recently been kind of a pattern of kids who are telling a story about parents that they loved and lost and how many of them lost them in their angsty teenage years. And they mm -hmm. use those words, my angsty teenage years, where I was not valuing my parents at all. And as if that was something that they intentionally chose, yeah. there's a lot of regret there because many of them lost their parents mm -hmm. in those angsty teenage years and didn't get to, to come back out of that. Yeah. But, um, but it is real. They're not able to regulate their emotions. Mm -hmm. They're not able to quiet. The brain literally shifts as it's beginning to prepare. So not that everything that you've learned in infancy and childhood is like wiped Lost. out of your brain. Yeah, not true. Um, because that's the whole point, right? Is that they're learned then. So there are skills you're building on. However, your brain's ability to do that in the same way it did it previously is just not there. It's right. diminished. And so we really need our community to, to stand beside us and remind us who we are in those mm -hmm. years. Yep. If we end up being the teenager who locks themselves in a room or only is around their peer group. Yeah. We're in trouble. Yeah. Because we need to almost relearn in a way. Um, it's kind of like not riding a bike for a long time, or I don't, this might not be right, but like almost like getting in a traumatic brain injury accident. Like that kind of sounds <laughs> funny, but, but it's like you, you knew how to ride a bike. That's something that your muscles will remember how to do, but your brain has forgotten how to do it. Right. Because there's so much be else going on. Yeah, yeah. In your brain that, there's plenty of muscle memory mm -hmm. and learned memory and plenty of experience that, that you're going to 
remember as you practice it out. Yeah. But your brain's ability to do it in that same way it did it before is not quite going to no. be there. And there's so much stimulus that happens inside and outside of you, of yourself that it's just hard to do. And this is where your community comes in super, where your community is super important, where your mentors and your youth pastors and <clears throat> multi-generational communities, because they need to help you to remind you and to help say, nope, that's not who you are. This is how we do this. Yeah, this is how we do this. We yeah. model it out. Um, in the good peer group. Like, yeah. yeah. And, even, and in belonging, uh, it's such a gift to a teenager or a young adult who is learning, like, this is how we do mm-hmm. things because they really want to be a we. Yeah. And so the more that they have positive we's in their life, then it's going to naturally happen that they're going to choose good we things. Yeah. That sounds so funny, but that's, but so that's a, a great way to so put let's, it. Let's... And I, and I think another point here too, is just the multi-generational layer yeah. to this. So um, as we're talking about, don't forget you're a community, not only a receiver, because now we're talking about that adult stage um, that this is the point where if you are an adult and you don't have a whole lot else to do, um, in life or you're looking for ways to give yourself away, there's somebody out there that's needing a wee. Yeah. And, um, that might look like your niece or nephew who's in this age range, or that may look like becoming a youth leader in your church, or mm-hmm. that may look like, um, going to the boys and girls club and becoming a mentor there. Yeah. It, there's a variety of ways to do it. it. Maybe you have a really good friend who has an angsty teenager and you are lucky enough not to have one yet. Right. Um, Taking that angsty teenager out is a huge gift, not only to your friend, but also to that teenager. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. So another, so the the second thing, and we want to go through these, we have a lot to cover in 20 minutes. So here we go. Um, So we talked about relationships and the other one is power. So, and you're like, well, what do you mean by power? It's responsibility. It should be given through, come through responsibility, not just given to you. Because they're looking for that power. They're looking for that power. And society gives them that power. I mean, if you just look at the progression of things, at 14, kids can get a job. At 16, you get a driver's license. You can drive a crazy, huge vehicle. That's a lot of power. Mm -hmm. At 18, they can vote. Join the military. Mm -hmm. 21, you can start drinking alcohol legally. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... That's a lot of power. And so that all of those have a major component of responsibility. Right. That go with that. Right. <clears throat> and they're definitely like, I, I want to say power hungry, but that's probably not fair. As an adult, it's natural to want to gain your own power. Mm-hmm. Remember, you're shouldn't now be capable of taking care of me. Now I'm looking at where I fit in the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. So in order to fit in the bigger picture, <clears throat> I have to carry something to the table. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And we I all want to make a difference. Yeah, we do. And that's super important for a young adult as well to know that they matter and that they make a difference. Yeah. So um, I think part of the challenge comes though in our culture is that we tend to hand over power mm-hmm. without it being earned and without there being responsibility attached to it. Yeah. So you end up with a bunch of teenagers or young adults who are very used to having power, being given power, but not having earned it or mm-hmm. not having um, carried the responsibility of that power. Yeah. Because remember, um, especially if this wasn't learned in childhood, mm-hmm. that I have to take responsibility and I've been taught the difference between a good and a bad choice yep. and choosing the good choice even when I don't want yes. want very to do good. the work toward yes. the good choice mm-hmm. uh, multiplies itself here. Yeah. Because now I actually have a value for power on top of. Yeah. And this is where we're talking about this a little later too, but this is where you need, again, elders and people in your life that have power Mm -hmm. and that they are using it fairly 
mm-hmm. and honorably and mm-hmm. responsibly that mm-hmm. you can be like and mimic your life after and they yeah. can show you how to do that. Right. That's why it's very important. Yeah. And I think an important piece here too is that, uh, what we talk about this a little bit later in this tasks and stages, but it's important that you give your young adults actual opportunities to have power in the community yeah. so that you can teach them how to steward it now, uh, instead of them having power later as a 40 year old in leadership somewhere and they've never learned how to steward yeah, it. Absolutely. They're also really looking for truth. Yep. Um, anybody who knows a uh, 13 to say 25 year old um, knows that they don't tolerate lying very well, even though they may be lying a lot themselves, they're <laughs> in search of truth and they can't stand hypocrisy. Um, nothing kind of drives them more crazy because they're, they're really trying to figure out their place in the world yeah, and yeah. what's real and what's not real. Even in who they are, mm-hmm. you know, are you, is what you're telling me about me real and true or is what you're saying about society real and true. So there's this, there's this drive and this hunger for truth. So, you know, mature adults, you know, have been, um, have settled and are operating in all of these things. Right. So that's the goal is that these things that they've settled into relationships and power and truth and they understand who they are and now they're operating inside of all those things responsibly. Mm-hmm. Is, is the sign of maturity. Yes. They've made it through. You've been listening to the Table and Well podcast. New episodes stream every Tuesday. Please subscribe on your favorite streaming service.